You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. There are many different paths you can take, but there's only one road to Atlanta. The high drive deep out to left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Flair out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Albies going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzy Albies. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for it inside the parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate. He'll score standing, and it's his second inside the park home run of the season. This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at Road, the number two, Atlanta. Now, hit the road with your hosts. Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I am one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may recognize me from my work over on TalkingChop.com, where I've been since 2015 in varying managerial spots, including minor league editor and deputy site manager for the past three years or so now. Anyway, I've had both of those titles. Joining me as often... On this podcast, you may follow him on Twitter at BravesMILB. One Garrett Spain, my longtime colleague at Talking Chop. Garrett, how are you, man? I am doing good this week. <laughs> not yeah, much been, else to say other than that. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been, it's been a pretty good week uh, on the minor league side. Uh, not so much in terms of you know trying to stay healthy and not sleep deprived. My daughter was really sick for a couple days. Uh, don't worry, she's fine. She just got a bad stomach bug and. So I was having to be a dad for a couple of days there, and you know now I'm dealing with like th- this is the worst type of allergy season for me. You know, a lot of people it's the spring, and you know with all the pollen that's in the air, but for me it's when ragweed starts sprouting, and it's right now happening. And I've been wiped out the last couple of days. Uh, today's been particularly brutal, especially since I had to get up early uh, for what I thought was going to be a fun family function, but turned into kind of a disaster in its own right. So I'm pretty out of it today, uh, and you know trying to. Get right, but the minor leagues were a lot of fun this week. There's a lot of action, a lot of things to talk about. Uh, we're gonna try our best just to kind of co- make sure we cover everything. Uh, no, no, no crazy deep dives this week. We are gonna try to do a mailbag. My, mailbag maybe will be just next week. We kind of dive dive into some deeper topics as we kind of you know as the season really starts winding down here for us. Uh, but first things first, uh, we did have our it's September call up season now. Typically, you know, in years past, it was kind of like, wow, this is when the big prospects get called up and. You know, all these rosters, roster expansion and guys, you know, these young names just start getting, uh, added to the roster. But the Braves didn't really have that. They didn't have any of those big type names that would be added to the roster, uh, under, even under normal circumstances. And those rules are a little bit different this go around anyway. Um, the big news on the September call up front though was that, uh, Jacob Webb and Orlando Arcia were added to the roster. A uh, bit surprising uh, in, in some in some respects, but the timing was a fairly crucial point to make here. Uh, one is that they just didn't really have a lot of backup infield help, and two, this is right when Ozzy Albies was hurt at the major league level, uh, really hurt his knee uh, on a foul ball. Turns out he was fine, missed a few games, but I think that that kind of impacted the timing of call, calling up Arcia because it seemed like it was 
fate accompli almost that William Contreras, uh, another catcher, was going to get the call up just because he's been playing reasonably well. Down at Gwinnett hasn't been quite as good lately, but you know, considering what you know Stephen Vogt brings to the table, you know, it seems like that he's in uh, like a better at least for a pinch bat type piece. But well, they needed the infield help, so they decided to bring up Arcia instead. Uh, I imagine we could still potentially you know maybe see Contreras up in in, a, in some situations, but overall. Nothing really to be too concerned about there. Those are fairly standard moves. Again, no Pache, no Drew Waters or anything like that. You know, Pache already being on the 40-man roster, it seems like he's kind of fitting into a good little niche in terms of good little rhythm down in Gwinnett. He's playing pretty well, but not great, not like forcing the issue or anything like that. And more importantly, they have so many of these kind of platoon-type outfielders at the major league level. There's not really a need to bring him up. Just let him keep playing. Uh, if you feel like you need to make a move later on down the road, you know, to for an outfielder or something like that, maybe you look at Pache again. But it doesn't really seem like a, something that was a necessitated a move or anything like that, uh, other than the moves that they did make. So uh, any thoughts on the September call-ups? It seemed like these were pretty straightforward numbers names, no one that we were really crazy surprised by, uh, except maybe RC over Contreras, but the situation seemed to warrant it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have an issue with it. I think with Contreras, I think it's more valuable to get him everyday playing time for the next month in Gwinnett than it is to have yep. him yep. produce, you know, a handful of at-bats at the major league level. So I'd much rather have him at the minor league level. And then, you know, after the AAA season's ends, I would definitely rather have him at the major league level than vote, at least as, you know, your last guy off the bench. But uh, I think for right now, he's where he needs to be. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we, we, we kind of predicted, we didn't predict any really crazy moves or anything like that. Any, you know, like surprise Drew Waters, you know, is in the, is on the Braves major league roster or anything like that. Uh, just wasn't really seemed like it was like that time or place for it. There's guys certainly at AAA Gwinnett that are definitely interesting and remain interesting, uh, especially as the season winds down. But overall, like in terms of like that first day roster expansion type thing, we just didn't really see those types of guys, uh, that stood out for us. Um, however, now that said, those were kind of the moves to the major league level, but, uh, Garrett's going to run down some, there was actually surprising a number of really interesting, uh, I think somewhat forced, uh, promotions, uh, particularly with the situation down there in Mississippi, where it seems like that they're really, they were, no, I say seems like they were definitely dealing with a bit of a COVID-19 outbreak, which kind of necessitates some roster creativity, uh, saw some aggression in some promotions that I think we were pretty surprised by, uh, and also just kind of see some late season movement was nice. Garrett, break down some of the moves we saw. Uh, the biggest one was we saw, well, I mean, there were three big ones. Uh, Jared Schuster going to Mississippi. I'm not 100% sure. You know, I think that that one was one that was really a, we really, they had to put some guys on the IL and they needed another pitcher up. They put Kingdom on the IL. So I think that that was him going up. I don't know if I would think that Schuster, I mean, he's ready for the level, but I don't know if like, I think they kind of had planned to just keep him at Rome, but. It's not a big deal either way for a month. Um, and then Luke Waddell, after his ridiculous week, went up to Mississippi, um, which doesn't seem like it actually had a course. But like, they didn't have to put any of their infielders on the injured list, so it seemed like they just thought he was ready. And more importantly, it made room for Vaughn Grissom, which absolutely, I mean, after the seasons he's had at low A, it was time to push him he's and see what so he could do. And good. he's... And he's responded really, really well. I mean, he had a fantastic week. He hit a home run in, I think, his second game of the week, I want to say. And he just hit all week. I've just, you know, he's been, especially age compared to, you know, the level he's at. He's been one of the best hitters in the minor leagues altogether when you factor that in. And he just kept hitting last week at Rome. It's been great. It's really been good to see him continue to hit, even at Rome, continue to hit. Yeah, when we, when we saw these promotions, the, the first thing that 
crossed my mind was that uh, Jared Schuster, I just didn't think was ready. Uh, I don't think that putting him in an environment where weirdly that there's a weird number of home runs being hit uh, in in the Southern League uh, in Double A, uh, putting him in a position where he is going to be challenged was something that he was ready for. Uh, and you know, once we get to that. Once we get to Mississippi, we'll kind of discover that at least for the first start, uh, it certainly seems like that that prediction had some merit to it because he got beat up a bit. But I mean, I'm thrilled for all these guys. Luke Waddell is like a really great story in terms of like giving him an option. Uh, it does kind of stink the guys like Hingham and uh, Indigo also got put on the COVID IL as well. So you know, hope those guys are getting happy. Hope those guys are getting healthy. But you know, Mississippi's also kind of in a bit of a playoff push, which you don't really necessarily make promotions for that. But for a guy like Luke Waddell, who's are certainly a very interesting hitter. Um, and has been performing really, really well. That maybe it makes a certain amount of sense to at least try him and give your give that team a chance to maybe make a little bit of a playoff run, give him some experience against some better hitters, uh, better pitchers rather too, simply because you know he's been performing so well at high A. And again, you know he's kind of an older college guy anyway, so you can be a little bit aggressive with him. You can't necessarily just kind of wait forever on how on, on his production. He either is going to perform well against high levels of competition or he's not. Um, and you can't really kind of like give him years of development down there in the minor leagues. So again, really happy for him. And now the mean Von Grissom, he's just been insane. He's, you know, he, he's hit safely in every game he's been at Rome. Uh, and we're going to talk a bit about him, obviously, once we get down to, to Rome in the, the level by level, but, you know, really thrilled for him. He's been the best player on Rome's, ro- on Augusta's roster all year long, unless you want to make a strong argument for Joey Estes, which I could, I would certainly respect since he's been so good as well. But I mean, those two guys have been the class of that entire Green Jackets roster. So I'm glad that he got rewarded. Um, but overall, those were kind of the big moves down the minor leagues. Those were, uh, certainly important for their development too. Hopefully we could see them continue to be challenged and performing well. And it seems like other than Schuster, who again has just made one start and kind of got beat up. Uh, I still, I still think we like him. You know, he, I don't, I'm not sure if we're in love with him, but I mean, that changeup's really good. Hopefully he can kind of get some of the, the home run stuff and, you know, just being able to pitch later in games and just being more of a consistent performer. Uh, in terms of missing bats with all of his pitches that, that we, that's what we need to see from him in double A. But for right now, you know, the first game after being a promotion, we've seen a lot of guys struggle with, especially on the pitching side. So nothing we're super concerned about. So the way this usually works on the show after we get through all the newsy stuff is we go down level by level as to who's been doing what at each level. And Garrett has his thoughts on some Gwinnett stripers that either perform well or didn't do so well, even though we thought that they might. So Garrett, take away some of the guys that you think that, uh, have stood out to you at triple A Gwinnett. Yeah, the big one to start with, you definitely have to look at what Christian Pache has done lately and this last week. Uh, the last week, he didn't produce any extra base hits. So, you know, his overall numbers didn't look, you know, that great, but he had hits in five of the six games he played. He only struck out a couple times and that was in the last game he played this week. You know, it kind of seems like for him, the strikeouts kind of come and go. He'll go through stretches where he'll strike out a bunch for a couple weeks and then he'll go through a couple of weeks where he doesn't strike out a ton, you know. He's had some trouble kind of putting strikeouts, you know, not striking out and hitting for power at the same time. He's had trouble kind of doing both at the same time, which is what it is. But, you know, overall, he continues to hit. He looks, I mean, from his swing, his approach, everything is so much better than what it was when he was sent down. He's made a ton of progress this year. I like the work that they've done with him. And, again, I don't want... You know, maybe as a defensive replacement, but I really don't see any reason for them to bring him up at all unless there's an injury and just leave him down there, let him hit and then go into the offseason, you know, get some rest, rest up this offseason and, you know, go into next year with the plan to put him on the major league roster. And I think that he's really he's worked himself back into a spot where we think, yeah, this guy can be in Atlanta next year and contribute somewhat, um, you know. 
the minor league veterans guys that did well. Travis DeMere had a home, a couple home runs last week. Uh, you know, Camargo had a couple home runs last week. You know, kind of expect that from them. Camargo, you know, is what it is. I'm not, uh, yeah, do, you know, dude, he had a really good league. He's, he's had a good week. He's had a good week and he's had a pretty good season. Do yeah, you trust really him at all? Do you, do yeah. you trust him at he's, all as a major leaguer? His bat's too slow. I just don't think they use the bat speed to, to hit major league pitching. That's what it is. Or I don't know if it's necessarily bat speed, but his swing is so long and there's so many moving parts. I don't think that he can consistently control that swing in a way that will allow him to hit major league pitching. I just don't think that. I just don't see it for him. Um, and I don't think that he's, I think he's regressed enough as a defender to where he's kind of limited to a corner and he just doesn't have the bat to play a corner and it is what it is. I mean, he's a good quad A player. Um, he's a guy that can, you feel like, okay, if a guy, you know, if Albies gets hurt for like three months, he's a guy that you can put in there and feel like he's going to be somewhat competent, but like at the same time, I don't see him as a major liver. Same thing really with Demerit. I mean, I think Demerit has a better chance, but you know, he's a guy that just can't hit and there's, it, there's just not no way around that he can't hit. Um, uh, the hitters that did not do well last week, uh, William Contreras struggled. He only had one hit last week. He's really struggled for, or he had a couple hits last week. He's really struggled for quite a while now. Not like horrible. You know, he's not striking out like 40% of the time, but the strikeouts have ticked up. He stopped hitting for power lately, which is more the big concern. He hasn't had a home run since late July, which is not a good sign for him. Um, is what it is, unfortunately. I think he also kind of got affected by, you know, it kind of breaks up a guy's rhythm when he gets called up and then sit back down. Even if it's only a minor thing and he knew it was a minor thing, it does kind of break a guy's rhythm doing that. So I think that he's kind of dealing with that. And again, dealing with end of the season kind of fatigue for him. He caught a lot at the major league level this year. And I don't think, you know, in the past he's done a lot of, he hasn't ever had to catch that many games. And so I think that it's, starting to take a toll on him and he started to hit a little bit worse lately. True Waters didn't have a good week in terms of, you know, he didn't produce any extra base hits. He only had a few hits last week, but overall, I mean, he's, he had, he only struck out three times last week, which is like sub 15%. He also drew three walks. He's kind of this year had an issue with when he walks a lot, he strikes out a lot because he's getting into deeper counts. When he doesn't strike out, it's because he's swinging early so he doesn't walk. So it is cool to see him kind of do both at the same time, even if it was just for a week. And really over the last few weeks, he's cut his strikeouts down for a pretty good bit, drawing more walks. Uh, he His swing is off right now, and he's not quite making contact the way that we expect him to. He's hitting a lot of ground balls. But overall, the, the approach on the early account – the early count approach has looked better. He still struggles late in the counts. Really, he struggled lately with a lot of change-ups. You know, and again, a switch hitter that struggles with change-ups can be an issue. But um, he struggled with change-ups lately. He has fixed that kind of down-and-in issue we had with breaking balls. So he's hitting those better, which has really kind of made him – which has really helped him with those strikeout numbers. But he is struggling with change-ups, off-speed stuff. So we do want to see the development there. But he's looked better as – He's looked better in terms of his approach as the year has gone on. It's just kind of been, you know, inconsistency here and there. Uh, pitching wise, uh, Bryce Elder and Kyle Muller had both had really good starts. Elder, unfortunately, got caught in that game where they had a lighting issue. He only went four innings, which is like 
only the was second time. Was this is only the thing. second time in like uh, like three months that he's gone less than five innings, and it's because of a lighting issue. I think the last time he had it happen was because it got rained out in the second inning, and then this time it happened because of a lighting issue. So it's yeah, pretty wild. But he was striking out guys really good. Yeah. See, I like I was recapping that game, and it said like the note on it was power outage, and I'm like. Like the power's just out in Gwinnett, I don't understand. And then I, and then it's like you know, and then it, then because yeah, I had like stepped, I stepped away from it a bit, and then, I'm, and then I started looking to it. I'm like, oh yeah, electricity's a problem sometimes, particularly with those light towers at night. Okay, that's fine. Um, but yeah, um, and you you were gonna share some thoughts on Kyle Muller, right? Yeah, Muller allowed runs this week, which he hasn't been doing lately, so that's a little bit of a disappointment. But uh, yeah, he gave up. He struck out. Yeah. Yeah, he gave up home runs, which he's just – he's doing what we kind of expect him to do down there. He's just – he's kind of in that weird spot where he's not quite – I still prefer him over Tukey, but he's still not quite in the position where you feel confident with him at the major league level. But he's also too good for AAA, and so he's kind of in that weird spot where he's just got to be down there and dominate for a little while. Um, he is a guy that I would like to see them call up later this September. Um, I think that they are – going to probably run for Tukey with Tukey for a little while. And I don't really want to judge Tukey off of like a start in Colorado. So I don't want to judge him off of that one, but if Tukey does not turn it around, I think he's the next guy up and I, I feel fine with him in that position. He's looked really good at Gwinnett. He's starting to get better and better about keeping fastballs in the zone, being more consistent. And so and being more, I'm sorry, not consistent. Well, yeah, but more efficient with his pitches and not kind of going two, three innings in a start. So he's looked a lot better lately. Um, I do think that he's a major league pitcher right now. I do think that he is a starter long term. Uh, but I don't know if, I, you know, he's not a guy that I want starting on the postseason roster, but I do think that he's probably the fifth best, fifth best starter in the organization right now. Yeah, Mueller's been Mueller since he's been going down to Gwinnett's honestly been really good. He's gone six innings in every start, all three of them. Uh, didn't give up a run in either first two. Uh, did give up the home run in this one, but I mean, like, just strikes out a batter in inning. He's just, you know, he's kept in consistency, right? Like, he's just he 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 does what he does. He does he's hard to square up. He doesn't get hit, get hits. Uh, he does walk more guys than I think we'd like, but he's still been fine. I, I think that's fair to say he's been fine in that regard. And you know, again, he's just. If he can just consistently control all those levers of his and just consistently find the zone when he really needs to, like, you know, a, a, an errant pitcher too is one thing, but like when he has like an inning where he like walks back to back guys, it's kind of like, you know, you start worrying a little bit and then, you know, that's when starts can go south for him. Now, fortunately in AAA, he's been able to handle those guys just fine. And, you know, he's not, he's not afraid to, you know, trust his stuff and just kind of barrel one down on a guy right in the zone. But, you know, hopefully he's continues to make the progress that he needs to make. Um, I, I do think that the Reds are going to try to give Tukey another another shot at the start. I'm I am far less bullish on than even most people are on Tukey at this point. I just again I love Tukey stuff. I love the talent. I want to believe, but like this guy's been breaking our hearts over and over again for years now. You have these, he has these crazy starts. He has this crazy stuff, and then he has these starts where he just can't find the zone. And then when he does find the zone, he gets hit really hard. And you know. Again, it's, it's not, it's not, I don't, it's not, it's not a not working hard enough problem. It's not, there's not an easy fix to the issues that he has. It's just sometimes he has it and sometimes he doesn't. Hopefully he can get things figured out. And I, I think you're right that, you know, like a start in Colorado is not necessarily a super 
fair metric, but at the same time, like if it was my decision, and I know that the timing of all this with Drew Smiley just like completely forgetting how to pitch, um, like didn't really line up because of when Cup Muller pitched versus when Tukey was available to pitch. So like I sort of I understand the timing of you know like who who they're using, but at the same time, uh, I'd like to see Muller in that spot personally. That's just me. Um, so and again, just you know, shouts out to Johan Camargo being uh, a perfectly reasonable hitter in AAA. Uh, can't seem to do that at the major league level, and considering he's been playing a lot of first base uh, among other things down there in Gwinnett, that, that that position is pretty well occupied at least for the rest of this year uh, in Atlanta. So I'm just not really sure where the the, the fit is for him. But you know, you definitely kind of hit on all the guys. You know, I kind of wish I had seen able to see Bryce Elder pitch the rest of that game uh, because he had that kind of weird game where his line looked significantly worse than how he pitched, considering um, that the Gwinnett relief corps led by Chase and Bradford decided to get him torched up for a few runs uh, of inherited runners his previous start. So, uh, but again, he's a guy that I really like a lot. I think he's going to be in some really interesting conversations going into next year, simply because he's a guy that just eats innings. He's missing more bats. That slider is really, really good. And the fastball has been significantly better than I thought it was going to be. So I, I, I really like Elder. Hopefully he can kind of continue just to finish the season strong. I don't mean he's not like a factor this year for sure. But, I mean, especially with guys like Muller sitting right there and Tucker Davidson, in theory anyway, being able to come off the injured list before too long. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that's definitely going to be interesting for 2022, especially if any other moves. Now, beyond, like, the Charlie Morton extension, like, looking at you, Drew Smiley, see if there's any other moves in the rotation that need to be made uh, with maybe the guys getting hurt or not being back in time, like in the case of Mike Soroka. So we'll kind of see what he looks like. But he could be an interesting player some at least sometime in 2022 because he's pitched really, really well this year. That takes us to Mississippi, who actually played baseball games this week here. That's pretty exciting. We got to actually talk about Mississippi. Uh, for those who aren't aware, that the, they had a really serious COVID-19 outbreak in Mississippi last week, uh, where they basically lost an entire series, and then Hurricane Ida came through and was costing them three games early in the week. But we finally got to see Mississippi play some baseball. Garrett, who caught your eye down there in Mississippi? They had seven home runs in one game, and three of them came Seems- from Grace and Janista. <laughs> <laughs> who had yeah, a, he had sure. four home runs in three games. He he has these stretches where he'll have like three or four games back to back where he's just otherworldly and then he'll just not hit for a month. And this was one of those days where he just kind of went so off. So true. So uh, true. He, I mean, it's soup. It is so hard to raise your slugging percentage by 43 points in September. And he did that in one game. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he hit four. Uh, Four home runs in a week, which is pretty impressive. Justin Dean had a really, really good week last week. Uh, six hits in the three games he played. Didn't strike out at all, which is kind of like the thing with him. Whenever he's not striking out, he's really good. Whenever he is striking out, he's not. Uh, he, he played really well last week. You know, I, I'm, the more the season has gone on, the more I'm concerned about him long term, but I do like him. I like what he provides. He's, you know, a fourth, fifth outfielder type that can really run play defense and if he can hit even a little bit he has enough to fit on a bench in the future drew lugbauer has kept hitting he had a couple home runs last week himself um he's just really way 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 better than i thought he was going to be he's still striking out a ton he has like the ninth or tenth highest strikeout rate in like the entirety of minor league baseball i think i looked that up the other day steven Palina has the highest by the way so that's not a good sign, but my my, my boy Stephen. Uh, uh, unfortunately, killing, killing unfortunately, me. but he uh, he looked really good last week. He continues to hit, and that's just kind of what he's doing. On the other side, the guys that did not look good are Braden Shoemaker, kind of been up and down this year, and Shay Langoliers looked really bad last week. Which 
again, it's one of those, you know, he went two for 16. It's one of those, he was off for a week and, you know, I don't want to read too much into it, but overall, Langelier's like, he was so good in June and he's kind of like the opposite of Shoemake in where like his overall numbers this season are super buoyed by that one, one just ridiculous month of play. And overall, I mean, he hasn't been bad outside of that. He definitely hasn't been bad. And obviously the defense is fantastic, but I think he's been a little less. He's definitely been overall. I don't think he has been quite as good hitting wise as the numbers say. He's striking out a ton. Whenever he's not hitting home runs, he's just not producing a lot. And so he's kind of been streaky where when he is hitting for power, he's the best player on the field. No question. When he's not hitting for power, he's a really, really good defender that, isn't hitting all that well. And so I think overall we got to kind of, obviously we love what he's done all season long. He's been fantastic, but you do have to kind of take into consideration that it was really, his performance has really been pulled up by that month. And overall outside of that, he's been okay. Not otherworldly, definitely not bad. He's been just a bit above average and that's kind of what he's been, which with his defense is more than enough. What he's done outside of that month, with his defense is more than enough, but it definitely isn't like, I think a lot of people look at the numbers and say, wow, that's, you know, a superstar catcher. And, you know, you might want to pull it back a little bit on that one. Um, pitching wise, we talked about it. Jared Schuster looked really, really bad. He gave up a couple, how many, two or three home runs? I think it was three. Uh, either way, I think it was three. He, he looked really, really bad. Uh, so that was not, not at two home runs, eight runs. I'm not entirely surprised. Uh, he hasn't missed a lot of bats. And at double A, you can't really, I don't think that he can get away with leaving his fat. I think at high A, the hitters are not good enough yet to hit him when he makes mistakes. I think at double A, when he makes mistakes with that fastball, it's just going to get hit. And then he's just got to be better with it in terms of locating it, you know, keeping it out of the middle of the play. Every, all of his pitches, but more, mostly the fastball. He just has to keep it out of the middle of the plate. And that has been a struggle for him all year. And that's why you've seen a lot of home runs. Uh, Freddie Tarnock was fine. I don't think that his command was the, his command definitely wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. He hasn't been lately striking out as many guys as he was to start off in, um, double A. I don't think that his curveball has quite been able to, he hasn't been able to spin the curveball quite the way he has wanted to in the past. And kind of when he is effective, it's because he is, dominant with that curveball it's been a little more inconsistent lately again guys wear down late in the season he's had a lot of injury issues and so he's done really really well at double a overall i mean given where he was coming into this year and what we thought he was going to be he's been phenomenal i I, i've been extremely impressed with him all year and I, i love the pitches that he's bringing to the table um i can't comment too much on the start i'm just gonna look at the numbers here spencer i I'm not allowed to watch Spencer Strider starts anymore. No, you're not. No, you're uh, not. Nope. And he, I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't look up the score. I'm just now looking at the start, and he pitched five scoreless innings with eight strikeouts. So, uh, I definitely think that's my sign to uh, avoid ever looking at Spencer Strider ever again. Yeah, uh, just for our listeners who aren't aware of this kind of, I say it's an inside joke, but I swear to you, I've threatened Garrett multiple times to not even mention his name in our chat. Um, every time that Garrett has recapped a, a day that has a Spencer Strider start on it, Spencer has struggled in one way or another. And for those who have been following minor league baseball at all, like 
largely Spencer has looked really, really good this year. So we kind of made a rule that we just, we just kind of hope that it doesn't land on a Garrett day for recaps. And like, he's just not allowed to talk about him or tweet about him. Like there was a situation where he wasn't even covering the recap. He waited like three innings where Spencer looked great. Then Garrett made a tweet about him and like he immediately imploded. So we just decided that he's just not allowed to talk about him. Uh, if he types his name in our chat, like he has to like put an asterisk where the I is just to make sure. Uh, so he has mentioned him on this podcast. So if he struggles in his next start, you know exactly who to blame. One Garrett Spain at Braves MILB. Send your complaints there. Um, but look really, really good. The, the, the fastball at the top of the zone, he, he's one of the, lead, the, the leaders in terms of strikeout rate in all of minor league baseball. Uh, and it's because of that high fastball that he can gets a lot of rise on, uh, gets a lot of swings and misses on the, the breaking ball has gotten significantly better as the year's gone on. And he's continuing to mix in that change up. So not throwing it a ton, but when he does, it's looking pretty good. So when you, and when you have a fastball like his, if you can keep guys even a little bit honest with that change up good things are going to happen. So overall, really, really happy. The only thing with Spencer is just because, you know, if he does miss, he misses a little bit down in the zone. Uh, and that's where, you know, a guy, you know, if his, if he doesn't get the rise he's looking for, all of a sudden it's kind of a fat 98, which can go a long way if someone got, if a guy can put a barrel on it and time it up. Uh, and he, again, he doesn't get like a ton. He doesn't like vary his velocity. He just throws really hard at the top of the zone, uh, and gets, and gets that movement that he's looking for. But if he doesn't get that, all of a sudden it's not, you know, if, you know, it, you can time him up a little bit. He, he definitely can get in some, some battles with foul balls at times just because, again, you kind of know how hard he's going to throw. Uh, and he's not throwing 102. So it's, you know, it's not impossible to hit him. It's just, you know, if he doesn't get the movement that he wants, he can get himself a little bit of trouble. Um, and again, kind of the, the same story that you were kind of mentioning, you know, like really happy for Drew Lugbauer, uh, Grayson Janista. I'm glad that he decided that he, you know, to put together his, you know, a couple of good games this month. He was a player of the week down there and uh, very well deserving. Uh, I'm hopeful that he can kind of finish the season strong. He hasn't been terrible this year, but he hasn't been very good either. So it's, and again, it all comes down to that hit tool that we're a little bit concerned about. There's no question that he can hit the ball far, especially when he's kind of, going against some of these guys who haven't been promoted yet. He's not really going against the, the cream of the crop in double A anymore um, in terms of opposing pitchers. Also, hat tip to uh, uh, Trey Harris, who had five hits in four games this week. Um, fun little fact about Trey Harris uh, that I was kind of looking at, I was kind of wondering about, uh, I had noticed that he hadn't been getting on base at a great clip, and if you combine the months of August and September, he has walked a grand total of four times, which probably isn't going to work for a guy with his profile. He needs to kind of be working at bats, uh, working more counts and kind of getting on base a little bit more, especially since he isn't really even hitting nearly as much over the course of this season. He's the, the hit tool definitely took a step back this year, but again, hitting really well this, this past week and, you know, coming off that layoff with the, with the COVID-19 uh, outbreak, you know, hopefully he can kind of carry that into a strong end of the season. But I did think it was kind of funny that he just all of a sudden just hasn't been walking at all uh, for like a month plus now. So, Overall, again, really, really fun week down in Mississippi. You actually see them back on the field again. They're, you know, hitting the ball hard. Uh, I do want to echo Shay Langlier's, uh, com- his, Garrett's comments about Shay Langlier's numbers is that, you know, he has had a good year this year, but they have been buoyed by some pretty hot stretches, particularly against the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Uh, he seems to really hit those guys, but, uh, beyond that, he has been pretty human. So hopefully he can kind of, be a little bit more consistent against all kinds of competition because whatever he loves playing in Pensacola and whatever the Pensacola pitchers are doing against him is not correct. But again, really get the defensively and the bar for catchers. He doesn't need to be a guy who's hitting 300 or anything like that. But, you know, I, I would caution to you kind of look at his numbers and not go, wow, this guy is going to be like, you know, what do what Salvador Perez is doing right now in Kansas City or anything like that. Uh, definitely a lot of upside with Shea. We like him a lot, but overall just kind of, you know, tempering one's expectations there a little bit seems to be an important thing, move to make. 
Before we go on to Rome, where we can talk about the newest Rome Brave, Vaughn Grissom, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Garrett. It's time to talk about uh, – I I hate to say favorite but it's just like you know we we've had a great relationship with the Real Braves for a long time. They're always a fun team to watch, or certainly a really interesting team to watch um, every single year. And this year is no exception. As there you know guys have come and gone through that that roster, and has been you know there's always something worth talking about at Rome. And this week is no exception. Take it away, the Rome Braves for this week. Yeah, I, I'm gonna switch it up a bit. Start here with pitching, just because. A lot of they've graduated like a rotation and a half worth of pitchers to the upper levels at this all, point. Yeah, so yeah, there's like really like too, yeah. not a whole lot of guys left there that are really all of that like relevant, you know, prospect wise. Um, Jake McSteen, which is more organization filler, had a really good game last week. He had like seven scoreless innings. Uh, the prospect really to talk about in the rotation now is Darius Vines, and he had another solid start. I mean, again, he struck out a lot of guys. He's striking out a lot more than I was kind of expecting him to coming into the year. He struck out eight guys this last start. His command's been a lot better lately. Um, he's just another guy where the fastball's not good enough that when he misses over the plate, he gets up home runs. He did that last week. Uh, he gave up a home run last week, which is like five or six straight games with a home run, which is not ideal, but otherwise, he looked really, really good. Um, and I I've just liked a lot of, you know, his pitch mix outside of the fastball. The pitch pitch mix is really, really good. It's just the fastball isn't quite what we would like it to be. Um, offensively, Jesse Franklin had a really good week or he had a really good game and then a couple of just okay games. Um, he had a really good game to end the week. He hit another home run, which is kind of his first home run in quite a, well, not a yeah. while since August 25th, but it's like he hasn't hit a lot of home runs. But yeah, he's definitely re- he's definitely reined it in a little bit from that rampage he was on for sure. Yeah, but he I mean he crushed another one and he hits them they go. Um, and it is good to see him hitting right. And he stayed healthy all year, which is a good sign. You know, a lot of guy you know he really hasn't missed time all year. He stayed healthy. I think his defense. I'm not going to say his defense is good, but his defense is a lot has gotten better as the year has gone on. And he's a guy that I kind of feel more confident can play in the outfield and not be a negative, you know, in a corner. So that's a good sign for him. It's so it's just about, you know, hitting enough that 
he can be an average left fielder. Um, I'm not 100% sure the hit tool is going to play well enough for him to do that, but he hit fairly well this week, um, a lot better than he has in the past. He's just, again, he's not drawing as many walks as we would like to see, you know, and so he's a guy like Lingan Lears where when the power isn't there, he doesn't produce a whole lot. So it's kind of seeing how that progresses and being able to hit more consistently in between those power surges that's going to be a step for him. Michael Harris had a okay week. Uh it wasn't it was better earlier in the week. He kind of had a couple games towards the end where he wasn't that great, but it's another thing where you look at his peripherals and you know, he walked more than he struck out last week and he's really been doing that for kind of a while now, which is really really impressive for him. Like he struggled with his plate discipline earlier this year and he's gotten to the point to where he's a re- serious on base threat even when he's not hitting because he's working counts a lot better he's laying off of off-speed pitches a ton better than he was and he's just again we haven't seen the power lately and his hit tool his batting average has kind of taken a step back but he's replaced that production with getting on base a ton more and he's he's done fine um, I like what he's done. He's kind of right where we would want him to be right now, I think. Um, and then going on to Vaughn Grissom, who had hits in every single game last week. I think he's on a six-game hitting streak now. And, you know, like I said earlier, he's in like, if you look at his age, you know, guys under 22 in the entirety of minor league baseball, he's like in the top 10% in strikeout rate, in the top 10% in walk rate, in the top 10, in everything except for power production. He's kind of, you know, middle of the road there, but in basically every hitting category, he's like in the top 10% of every player under 22 in the entire minor leagues, which is really, really incredibly impressive. And he went right into Rome and doesn't even look like he's breaking a sweat. He hasn't struck out all week. Um, he hit home run. He's just been crushing the ball. I mean, he hits a ton of line drives. He draws a ton of walks. He doesn't strike out. He does everything you want him to do except for produce the power right now, you know, and we'll just see if that comes for him. Yeah, uh, this, you know, put, just put me in the, the Vaughn Grissom fan club. It seems like he always has hit the ball with authority. Uh, even though they're on line drives, he gets a little bit more lost in that swing and just kind of, you know, learns a little bit more just like when he can really uncork his power and things like that. We're going to see more of that power production from him. But, you know, like a lot of these singles are really hard hit balls that he hits and he's just, you know, does work on the base paths, you know, is good in the field. I don't know if he's necessarily a shortstop per se, uh, but, you know, maybe he can, maybe he's like a, a super utility guy or he can move over to third, uh, maybe you move over to second or something like that. You know, but uh, we think that the guy can just flat out hit and guys like that, if they can flat out hit, they'll find a spot for him. Um, and again, he plays a pretty good short too. I just, I wonder if he's going to kind of grow out of that position uh, over time, I guess is more of my bigger concern there. But, you know, and in Michael Harris's case, you know, it's funny just looking at the numbers. He's in the month of September, which is a grand total of five games. He's walked four times, which is more than he walked for the entire month of May. Um, so, you know, he's the progress has definitely been made. You know, if I think for the first two months of the season, he only walked seven times total uh, up and so far. I think he's up to 22 walks now. He's he, again, it's something he's very clearly working on. And it's a combined with the fact that opposing pitchers don't seem particularly nearly as interested in trying to challenge him because he's just going to he's going to hit the ball hard and he's going to do some damage if you you know, just let him do whatever he wants to do. So, you know, the last week or so wasn't particularly awesome or anything like that, but, you know, just like you, you know, gets on base a good bit. He's still got on base a good, good clip. He was walking. He was scoring some big runs. He was in part of some big innings for Rome last week. So 
he just continues to contribute, and he's just been very, very good all year. Darius Vines is an interesting case for me because, again, and I've said this a few times, and Garrett mentioned it too, is that if that fastball is like half a grade better, he's like one of the better – how do I put it? He's he's just flat out one of the better pitching prospects in the entire system, right? It wouldn't take that much because the secondaries are so good that if the fastball could be respected just a little bit more, I think it would play up so much with those secondaries of his. And that would really be – that would really be something to see. And again, I don't know if that means, you know, can he – can he get another ticket as velocity? You know, maybe going to like a driveline type program, or you know, is there a mechanical adjustment that could be made there to incorporate his his lower body a little bit more, just to get another tick there, or get a different type of movement or something like that, just to make that play up just a little bit. Uh, I, I think he could be really, really good. I'm not worried about his command. I think that, again, those secondaries get swings and misses and things like that, but like guys who know how to like guess fastball correctly give him problems and. That's, you know, he, even if like they guess that the fastball is coming, you have to be, there's guys who can do that, but if your fastball is good enough, then you can like, you know, maybe get a ground ball out of it, or, you know, maybe it's not always a mistake. And while I'm not certain I can say it's always a mistake in Darius's case, it's more often a, a big mistake than it should be. And again, he kind of gives up these home runs where, you know, he'll give up three runs where really he should have given up one, right? Like it's just, I think that he, those are kind of, those types of mistake pitches are very often fastballs, and that's just unfortunate because I think that he he has he could be really really good if he can just make that fastball quality just a bit better. Um, last but not least, <laughs> we're kind of back now to kind of dreading talking about the Augusta Green Jackets because a lot of the guys that we want to talk about haven't been either performing very well or have been promoted, uh, and you know obviously with Vaughn Grissom being promoted from Augusta, basically the guy that we want to talk about only, well, I say only, other guys have performed decently well for them this past week, uh, is Joey Estes. So, Garrett, uh, I guess go ahead and talk about the Augusta Green Jackets and what your thoughts are uh, as to kind of where they're at right now and who's worth watching on that team. You seem upset, but I'm excited because Raleo Vasquez had a couple of absolutely ridiculous games. Uh, <laughs> the Grayson Janisa special, except with stolen bases. Yep. He, he, he hit, he hit home runs in back-to-back games, which like was his first home run since like beginning of July. And then he just did it in back-to-back games. He almost hit for the cycle in one game. He almost hit for the cycle and stole two bases in the same game. Uh, he had six hits in two games. He was ridiculous for two good games. I mean, you know, I love Vasquez because he's just so interesting, right? Like, I don't think that he's good, but like, his outcomes are so ridiculous. He's gonna do, he's gonna play the game the way he plays the game, and he's, if he's on base, he's gonna steal second base, and he's gonna go up there hacking. And it's kind of fun to watch, even if it's not pretty to watch. It's a little bit fun. Um, if, there, if, if he's in a game and it goes to extra innings, he will have the most ridiculous stat line in that game by a long shot. He'll be, it'll be like a 12 inning game. He'll go one for four with a hit by pitch, a home run, three stolen bases, and an error. <laughs> like, it, it, like, it, like, it is like, the big with three strikeouts. So like he, he is he he's can be all a hot nothing. Mess, but he's he, yeah he's he, yes. I'm not even sure I could call it like a like a three outcome player. Like it's 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 weirder than that. So but yeah, <laughs> probably probably was a lot of fun. 
Now on to a guy who is a legitimate prospect. Uh, Justin Henry Malloy had a really good week last week, which he's kind of he struggled he right off the bat. But, you know, he's hit really, really well the last, you know, six or so games. He has a couple of home runs in the last few games. He had a home run last week, three extra base hits last week. I mean, he's not a guy that I – at this point in the season, so good players have been promoted out of low A. So, like, he should be hitting low A. And it is nice to see him kind of doing what he should do uh, and hitting well. I mean, he's hit really, really well. Uh, I don't think that he's – I think he's going to probably stay there for the rest of the year, but he might end up just getting promoted because he's a college player coming out, you know, into a really, really bad league right now. So, I mean, he's done really, really well. He's kind of working him into a position where you look at maybe pulling him up later in the year. Definitely a guy that you're not worried about him kind of stagnating and having to be stuck at this level next year. I definitely see him kind of getting promoted next year. He's looked really, really good last week, hitting the ball a lot harder, not striking out as much. That's really been a good sign for him. Bryson Horn, uh, shout out to Wayne, cause, uh, D2 yep. guy here. He's hit, he's actually hit really well lately. Uh, he's hit a ton of home runs this year. You know, he's another guy. He's kind of like, uh, Landon Stevens where, you know, he's gonna hit for his power. He strikes out a little, which Horn doesn't strike out nearly as much as, uh, Stevens does, but he strikes out a little bit too much to kind of feel like he's going to be a guy, but he's hit for reasonable power. He looked really good last week. He's really, the more playing time he's gotten, the better he has looked, which is a good sign. He's not really like, he's not like he's 24, 25. He is 22. So he's a guy that you could kind of maybe see if he hits a little more, hitting his way into a bench role in the future. You're not in love with him, but He's done really, really reasonably well lately, and so that's really been a good sign to see out of him. Um, I think I want to look at it up real quick. He, oh, no, he was not as good as August as I thought, so we're just going to skip me saying that. Uh, <laughs> Pitching-wise, um, we had two draft. Okay, so start at Joey Estes. We have no idea what the deal is. He left after one inning, uh, gave up a couple runs. He didn't really look that good. He really couldn't find the strike zone, so it's kind of – it was a weird start, and we hope he's okay. Uh, it was, it's just kind of a thing that we're going to have to keep an eye on and kind of see how he does. Um, on to the other two pitchers. Dylan Dodd had a really, really good start. Ran out, he, he ran out of pitches out of the end, which is the reason that there's a run on the board, because the reliever that replaced him allowed that run to score. But other than that, he was, he kind of struggled right out of the gate, and then he just went off in the middle innings and was just, Absolutely ridiculous for like six or seven batters, and then he had to get pulled from the game. Dodd has looked a ton better lately. You know, his first game was bad. His second game was okay. And then his third game, he really kind of looks like a college guy playing at that level, kind of doing what he should be doing. And the changeup has gotten a little more consistent. The fastball isn't getting left for the plate more. So it's he's looked a ton better this last start, and that's kind of where we want to see him go. Ryan Cusick did not look very good. He just nope. kind of got, yeah, he is not look very good. He didn't, he wasn't able to get out of the first inning. He struggled a lot. I mean, I'm not going to say struggled, but he's looked a lot worse than I expected him to against low A hitters. And not to say that he's looked bad by any stretch of the imagination. He just hasn't been like, because he's not he, able to, he, he's giving sh- up more hits. He's giving up more hits than I thought he was. He's not right. being able to throw quality, you know, 
Spencer Strider at that level, he was able to hit his spot up in the zone, whereas Cusick hasn't been able to really hit that spot. And so I think he's leaving pitches where these guys are kind of able to just throw their bat out and get them to the ball. So unfortunately, he hasn't looked – he's giving up more hits than we expected. Um, and it, again, is just that command issue with him. Um, moving on to the bullpen, Dylan Spain has still not allowed a run. I think <laughs> I knew we're up to like – I think we're up to like 14 innings now where he hasn't allowed a run. He, he looked really good last start. He, 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 his first inning was not that good. He, he had a lot of bad at balls and then he came out and struck out the side in his next inning of work. So he's, he's starting to strike out a lot more guys, which is definitely like, even though he wasn't giving up runs early, he was only kind of going like a strikeout an inning. It wasn't like, dominant work but he's his last couple of outings he's been really really good i mean i've joked about it but like he's actually legitimately like you watch him and like that's a guy that can pitch at the next level like he's legitimately i getting him in the 10th round was a really really good pickup and i liked what i've seen out of him so far i I, i'm definitely not going to read into low a numbers for any player because that level is atrocious but he has looked really good um Alec Barger, uh, we kind of, we talked about him a bit earlier in the season, then he got moved into the bullpen, and he's just been fine. He has really, really dominant games, and he has games where he doesn't look that good. I do think that his stuff, his two-pitch mix, his fastball and his curveball are good enough for him to pitch as a, as a reliever, and he allowed a home run in his last outing, but other than that, I mean, he struck out a ton of guys, and he's really, the last few weeks or so, the strikes out, strikeouts have ticked up a little bit, and he's not quite, like, his issue is, sometimes he just doesn't locate the ball very well, and that kind of can lead to issues, but he's been a lot better about it lately, and he's definitely a guy, I mean, he has the stuff to pitch as a reliever at the next level, he's just kind of, He's an older player that hasn't done as well as we had kind of hoped he would do. And it's really unfortunate, but he is a guy that like, I think he's a ton better than his numbers. I think stuff wise, he is a ton better than his numbers. He just has not been able to consistently use it the way that he's capable of. Yeah. I mean, I saw his first start in Augusta and like, I just wasn't that impressed. I mean, like the fastball was nice. You know, he was like throwing 93, 94 ish, Uh, you know, Sometimes a tick up more than that. Sometimes it, some and towards the end of the start a bit less than that. You know there was seems to be some command issues, but you know he could be an interesting bullpen arm. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Barger. It's it's kind of an interesting case. Uh, in Dylan Spain's case, I want to make sure that our listeners are paying attention right now. I want you to tweet this phrase at our good buddy Wayne Cavati because I love Wayne and I love tilting Wayne more than anything. I want you to tweet the phrase. If only Talking Chop had a D2 expert on staff that could have seen the Dylan Spain coming. If you could do that for me, I would greatly appreciate it. I want to see how many of these tweets it takes for him to start you know, to send an angry DM towards me. And we're going to go do a little timestamp here of at, at, at the 48-minute mark of this podcast. Uh, maybe he can start listening and understand why people are going to be tweeting that at him. Uh, and in all honesty, like you know, again, it's a really fun story to getting a guy. Let you know, he struck out 15 guys in 14 innings. Uh, this. So far this season, and again, as like a, this year as a draftee, as a relief guy, you know, again, like, he could, if he doesn't turn into anything, it's still a great value to get in the 10th round. Um, again, he's been pitching really, really well. 6'6", 205, too, like, the frame's right. It's just, it's hysterical to me. This guy just kind of just walked into an open try, open workout and managed to 
get drafted on day two of the draft. Uh, so really, really fun story there. Uh, obviously, you know, we need to kind of figure out what's going on with Joey Estes. Uh, it's, it sounds like Garrett Garov's going to be talking to him soon in terms of an interview or things like that. Uh, I've had some issues just kind of get lined up schedule-wise with him and getting interviewed. But we'll, we should find out something relatively soon as to kind of what's going on with Joey and see make sure everything's okay. Um, beyond that, man, it's just kind of, you know, with Augusta, it's kind of hoping that we can kind of get just continue to get more looks of guys like Dodd. Uh, in Cusick's case, you know, like he's still striking out guys, but my, my only thing there is just that he's getting hit harder than I thought he was going to. So hopefully he can kind of get get sorted out. And it's worth also worth mentioning too, and this is kind of a big thing: draft year debuts. Like you can only take with a grain. You have to take with a grain of salt because like these guys aren't on the same sort of throwing programs that they were used to. They're kind of get integrated to pro ball. They're only throwing a few innings here and there. They're working on specific things. It's not necessarily how they would pitch in normal game situations. You know, they're trying to see like you know top end velocity, top end spin rate. You know, hey, we need you to throw your curveball bunch to start. Hey, we need you to you know throw this, throw your change up. You know, things like that. So you know, these are kind of like you know, they're working through things. Like the overall numbers aren't necessarily super concerning, but I will say that I'm a little bit surprised that low way hitters have been able to square him up as much as they've been able to so far anyway that's pretty much all we've got for this week uh if you want to make sure you don't ever miss an episode of road to atlanta all you need to do is subscribe to the talking chop podcast feed uh which is available whatever podcast purveyor you choose itunes google play spotify all those just search talking chop and not only we get this podcast which is our minor league program which is hosted Weekly by me, also very frequently by Garrett, Garav, Wayne chips in, Matt chips in particularly around draft time. Um, we have, you know, bigger shows than that. I'm sure we're going to do a kind of a more of a season roundup type show with multiple of us on the podcast to kind of do that soon once the season wraps up. Um, you also get, you get this podcast. You also get the Talking Shop flagship program, which is hosted by the great Brad Roland. I also occasionally co-host as well as Scott Coleman over there. And Sean Coleman has been hosting the Daily Hammer, which is your kind of your daily short podcast about the Braves in general. Just kind of get quick up to date information on the news and results of the past day or so. He's been doing a great, uh, job with that show so make sure you subscribe to the podcast and even if you don't listen to all the podcasts just down if you can just download all of them it really does help us out uh, on the back end just kind of continuing to support the podcast so we can continue churning out this great content for you guys garrett do you have anything else you want to share with our listeners before we let them go uh no i'm i'm good i think we got it out quite a got out quite a good bit today and it was a good it's a good it's a good week a good show absolutely it was a, it was a and, ton and of make fun. sure make- to bully wayne on twitter Absolutely. We love Wayne. Be nice to Wayne after you make fun of him a little bit. Uh, and again, it's it, the, the story behind that whole situation uh, with, with Dylan Spade is, is a long one. And I'm sure next time we have Wayne on the podcast, we'll, 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 we'll be able to talk through that whole story. Uh, but make sure you give him a, you poke a little fun at him. Uh, and also make sure that you, that he knows that we love him very, very much. We thank you all so much for the podcast, uh, podcast love site, uh, love over on the site as well. Make sure you go to talkingjob.com for your daily minor and major league news, uh, for, Uh, on about the Braves. Until next time, we'll see you on the road. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. 
For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement.